Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. sauce on the side with me, Gandhi. I'm the co-host of the Elvis Duran Morning Show, but now I have my own podcast. Andrew, in your opinion, how long do you think I should introduce myself that way before I'm just like, what's up, bitches? It's my podcast. Honestly, I would stop it now. Wow. (laughs) Should I start it all over? Uh, No, we're already into it. Next episode. (laughs) (laughs) Next episode, you're not going to find out who I am. Exactly. We're just rolling. (laughs) I'm really excited, though, because today we have one of my favorite comedians who has a very interesting story about where she is in her life and how things have changed for her since she initially started out as the queen of mean. I said we just get to it. Lisa Lampanelli. So Lisa, if you don't know, which I don't know how you wouldn't know who she is, but in case you don't, she is a, would we call you a former comedian? No. I would say retired insult comic. Retired insult comic. I do not do that anymore. Oh, I don't, I'm just not a comedian anymore, but I am funny in real life. I think you're very hilarious. I love the insult (laughs) comic stuff. Life coach, Grammy nominee, the list goes on. And I'm so thankful that you're here. So thank you for being part of my podcast. Of course. How random was that? I was like, I think I just commented on one of your posts and you were like, hey, you want to come on the podcast? I'm like, what else have I got to do? I'm sure you have a ton of stuff to do. (laughs) However, the whole point of this podcast, so it's called Sauce on the Side Mm -hmm. because my Instagram name is Baby Hot Sauce. And this is all of the stuff that I want to do that we don't really do on the big show. Yes. And I love comedians and I wish we did more with comedians on the air. Um, And you've always been one of my favorites. All the way since I was a, a baby intern back in Ohio. Ohio, I specifically remember when you would come in, I would get so excited <laughs> because I knew you were going to roast everybody, everybody in that Everybody, that Elvis, he let me go off. Those were in the days when you could. Oh, yeah. And everyone would say, guess my ethnicity or call and say, hey, I'm such and such a thing. Roast me. And we'd be like, okay. It was amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was with uh, two guys named Dave and Jimmy at the time. Mm-hmm. And you would come in and you would roast Jimmy in ways that all of us always wanted to. Yes. But we couldn't because it's just like kind of the way that he was. Yeah, yeah. And then whenever it came to me, I was like, here come the terrorist jokes. Let's go. Yeah, there you go. And I loved it. I actually <laughs> (laughs) thought it was wonderful um how has everything changed for you and what made you retire because 2018 Mm -hmm. is when you decided i'm done yeah well actually i decided like three years earlier that because i don't think anyone well very wealthy people probably go i'm done and walk out but i was like you know if i'm not feeling like i want to do comedy anymore about three years before retirement i was like "Eh, it's just not something i want to do anymore i would get like bummed every time I had a pack to go away for like a weekend or whatever. And I'd be like, "Uh, let me notice this. I just started to notice my own life instead of just being on autopilot of do, 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 achieve, achieve, achieve. And um, I ended up calling my business manager and had a meeting. I was like, when can I save, when can I get out safely and not have to worry about, you know, working every day? And we put together a little plan and thank goodness it I'm a good saver. I was raised by depression era parents. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you save. That's what you do first. And it ended up being a really kind of smooth transition into three years later. Okay, these are your last dates. And then I announced it on Howard Stern show, which I knew would get a lot of attention mm-hmm. and he took it seriously. And then I came on Elvis also and a bunch of other shows. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. I can actually transition out of this gracefully. So what was making you not like it anymore? 
it sounds, this is going to sound pretentious, but it's like those Olympic athletes who that is your only thing you're focused on. You don't have a hobby. You don't have any part of real life. You know, you're kind of going, oh, what's the next thing? Next thing. More, more, more. Not even money-wise, but just achievement. And it's almost medication to, like, make you feel better about yourself. Like, you know, they say drugs, alcohol, all that is, like, ways to not feel. So I think, for me, achievement was a way to not feel. I'm like, okay. So once I started to go become more aware of that, and I'm like, oh, it's not that much fun anymore. I'm kind of every Thursday when I pack to go away, I'm like, oh, I wish I was staying home. I wish I could connect with people at home more. I was like, oh, I think this is good to sort of wind this down. Okay. And it was before all the cancel culture stuff happened. Lucky ducky. Thank God. <laughs> I was just like literally canceling myself before I could get canceled. But boy, I don't know if you can do that kind of comedy anymore. And it doesn't really matter because people get to do what they want to do. Um, but I don't know. I didn't really have the heart for it anymore. That is a huge deal. Yeah. So it's good that you figured that out and got out of it. I miss you, of course. Aw. You are amazing. I look at comedians like Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. and Michelle Wolf and mm-hmm. Shane Gillis more recently. Mm-hmm. And I think they're very unafraid of cancel culture, which right. made me stop and think cancel culture maybe only exists if you allow it to does that yeah, make sense I, it's like anything else you know it's like i think with me it became more like well is this hurting anybody's feelings i don't know i just started to change i guess but now i mean i still like crazy humor i still like look at old clips if they come up and start laughing i go that was crazy what i said the other night the funniest thing happened you're gonna love this um, I take acting classes just for fun, not to do acting. Okay. So I met these two girls that I really liked. We were out to dinner and they're younger. I usually vibe with younger people more because they're more willing to change. <laughs> so we're sitting there. One of them has a date who's going to meet her outside. I said, well, text him. Tell him to come in. So we're sitting there and he comes in and we're talking. He goes, boy, he goes, you're fun. I really like you. And I can tell you probably throw a good game night. And I go, oh, always. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, you know, Maybe if you'd have stuck with comedy more. He had no idea who I was. It was amazing. He goes, you know, just maybe you would have made it. And they started laughing. Afterwards, they told him who I was. And he is like so ashamed and embarrassed. But I am so happy not. I'm happy being recognized. I'm happy not being recognized. And I think it's like a great ego lift of like, that has nothing to do with who I am. Like, it really doesn't matter who we are or what we do it's like the internal stuff don't you i don't want to ask a leading question no, no. do you think that that's one of the biggest downfalls of people who become famous in general is wrapping your identity into how yes. famous you actually are or people who make so much money like that's their whole thing or have the biggest house or whatever and in the like five years since i retired i'm like oh the only thing that really matters is the fix in here uh in your heart you know because you could be, you know, that. I mean, I'm lucky. I mean, I grew up in Connecticut. Uh, we weren't rich or anything, but there's privilege to that. You're white. You know, I had it like I was born on third base for sure. <laughs> All I had was the woman thing that was a little harder. And with me, with my big mouth, it really didn't even result in a me too, which <laughs> at first I was like left out. Okay, yeah. but. Hashtag why not me? Yeah, I know what happened. <laughs> but I think a lot of it was like, oh, All those things I tried to fill the hole with inside didn't work anyway. So I wish at 20 or 25 I'd been like known that. So maybe I wouldn't have tried so many things, you know, whether it's like, you know, food, diet culture, fame, success, money, you know, possessions. And then it's like, oh, my God, none of it freaking matters. Holy crap. Like, wow. If I just started to fix the inside earlier. But here's where we get to it. But that's what you're doing now, which is incredible. You're a life coach. Well, that's the thing. I hated it. You hated what? I got out of it. I was going to retire from comedy and train because I learned so much about myself to coach people with this life coaching. Okay. I couldn't stand it because I realized when you're a good therapist or a coach, you lead people to the answer and they discover it themselves. I'm such a freaking battle axe that I'd be like, listen, what's wrong with you? Let me just tell you. So I'm like like an advice giver. But so what I did was I phased that out and I said, you know what? I love what do I actually know about? I know about myself internally and I kind of know about comedy. So I started like back at the beginning. I was like, I think I really like coaching comics. 
And it was so much fun that it ends up to be this thing where I start like giving these comedy classes and just having a good time with it and just feeling like I'm leading them to answers, which I learned that I'm not supposed to bat them over the head with it. They take their own advice, but I lead them there. I'm like, oh, this is fun. But it's still like developing. It's crazy. You go from a big shot to what the F am I? And you're like, what's my identity? And then you realize, oh, just me. It's okay. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to be anything. I could just be Lisa. And Lisa seems very happy at this moment. At this, I would say in the past six to seven months, it's come together a little bit. Wow. Okay. It takes a long time. Like, there's rarely stuff written about retirement and yeah, how's it's it difficulties. Out for you? It's it was so wild. The first few years, I was just trying to grab whatever. Like, I literally wish I was the person who could just garden and cook and do all that like wholesome Travel. stuff. I, yeah, and I hate all of it. Uh, I like being home. I like kind of using my head a lot. And I'm like, wow, what can I do? And it's little bits and pieces. So I think the past few months have been like, anything I do is something that has to sound fun, end up cute, like just like, okay, it doesn't have to have a big purpose. It has to have a small purpose. And then I feel okay about how my life looks during the week. But it's crazy, man. I had no idea retirement's hard. No idea. What is the hardest part? Loss of identity of like, who is this person? Imagine you're someone who goes to work every day. And then it's like, oh, you don't have to do anything anymore. Yes, it's a very entitled, privileged place to be. But it's also like, ugh. You could be really sad. I don't know what I would do. I know. I Maybe you could be a retirement coach and help people find what they need to do. I may have to start a podcast on <laughs> iHeartMedia. Hey, wait, you don't have a podcast? No, I had this is two. Crazy. And again, um, great until they're not. Okay. Like, I like that my superpower is quitting when I know <laughs> it's right. Okay. Like, retire when you know it's right for you. Sell the house if you know it doesn't suit you anymore. Like I just know how to get in touch with what's inside and not try to prolong relationships or friendships. So with the podcast, I had a podcast for like a year. And after a year, we, me and the guys looked at each other and we're like, oh, this is kind of like, why don't we phase it out now? Like we're not having as much fun. Okay. I always try to leave before I hate someone. And a big fight. Good plan. <laughs> or when you have to desperately get rid of a house or when you have to, you know, desperately quit your job or you'll pull your hair out. So this is the beginning for me so far. Mm. It's been really fun because I get mm-hmm. to, like I said, tap into the parts of the big show that I don't really get to do on the air. Right, right. Um, so it's totally a self-serving, selfish project. Good. Where I say, ooh, I like this person. Yeah. Let's get them in here and talk to them about stuff. Yeah. It's a little um, creepy, I guess, if it were like a man doing this. <laughs> That said, oh, I love this person. Bring them in. It doesn't hold them back. Yeah, it sure doesn't. And I plan to get much creepier as we go along. Ah, very good. I hope so. Goals. We're going to get there. But is there anything in your career when you look back at it, because you've done so much, Mm. one of my moments, and I... It's so nuts how crazy and how far things have come from this time. Yes. You were on The Celebrity Apprentice. Oh, my God. With Donald Trump. Before we knew anything could happen. Before any of this could happen. Before we knew Aubrey was banging oh, Donald yes. Jr. Well, I knew that. You knew? <laughs> well, we were friendly during The Apprentice. Oh, my god. And she told me everything. But I, that's one thing I like about being like older than most of those people. I like kept the secret. Clearly. I'm like, I'm not telling anybody. I'm not going to tell on this girl. like, sh- And she spilled it. So I was like, wow. Whoa. I would. I mean, when that bombshell dropped, I was like, of course. Yeah. I know. I, there's no part of me that doesn't believe this. Mm-hmm. If he comes out and says it didn't happen, oh, liar. No, no, no. I watched the shit out of that season. I, lo- I actually that was loved a great season. The Celebrity Apprentice. I thought it was such a good show. I wanted it to be was. on The Regular Apprentice. And then, you know, he became president. Yeah. How it became unhinged creepy. Was, uh, yeah. How unhinged was he when you guys were actually filming? Not at all. Because, like, honestly, I didn't know any... I remember we did the Trump roast. We roasted him for Comedy Central. At the time, there was no mention of president. There was, a, like, a joke, you know? I made one joke about, oh, he says he wants to buy the New York Mets and become president. So it's like that fancy... Uh-huh. I thought, And I yeah. said, oh, that's like a five-year-old saying they want a pony for Christmas. It ain't gonna happen, kid. <laughs> And then this happens. But uh, so he asked me to be on The Apprentice as a result of the roast because he thought my stuff was funny. Yeah. But what a what a crazy, crazy thing to have done. It's so hard. You're What's like so tough about it. You're working like 24 seven. OK. And also with women, 
you have to look a certain way. You have to do hair and makeup. The men are like in powder and get their hair brushed for five minutes in the morning. And the women are killing themselves because we have to look decent. And at the time, I hadn't lost weight yet. So I was more conscious of like, oh, God, I got to really put the Spanx on and like get it all done. Oh, Oh, 24 hours of Spanx, man. Oh, my God. No. No, but you worked nonstop. It literally, I don't know if that's changed on these reality shows, but we work nonstop. It seems that that is kind of the case with a lot of reality shows. Mm. I'm going to have some people in who are on some reality yeah. shows. Something has to push them to the craziness to oh, the yeah. point of I'm going to snap because normal people do not act this way. Well, and I literally, you didn't have to push me back then to snap because I just <laughs> think it's great to like show anger and like be like crazy on film. But it was all genuine. And I love these idiot celebrities who are like, no, they edited it to make me look bad. Hell no. I was exactly how I was in that room. Oh, my God. Because it was just like you just kind of yell at people if they were stupid. Like, I'm how not so glorious. Comic. Why can't it be like that? How? How, like, how couldn't I yell at so-and-so from The Real Housewives and say, you're freaking dumb. Get out. Who you're stupid. Who was on from The Housewives at that point? Was I hate to use Kenya? her name. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. No, it was Teresa. Teresa. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. you know, well, I'm, I'm, I didn't know her at all. Sure. But I'm going to be angry at anyone on a, who's on a team and not pulling their weight, according to me, the big control freak, you know? Totally. And you know, I, it was wild, dude. It was wild. And then the whole president thing happens. I'm like, no, Get you're kidding, right? Get the hell out of here. Oh, my God. I remember. Oh, my God. Two years into his presidency, of course, I'm horrified he gets elected. I'm like, what? Same, same. I get a text and it's from Eric Trump. And I'm like, because, you know, I had done a charity thing for them for St. Jude's. And I was like, oh, my God, what do I do? Like, I don't want to answer it. I don't want anything to do with that creepy ass family. And um, I call my manager. I go, he's just saying, hi, we miss you. And she goes, "Okay, like, don't ignore it. But answer very vaguely. Just be like, hi, hope you're well. XO, this XO to me always means that's it. Sign off. Yeah, it's yeah. like, hey, bye. <laughs> and then got it kind of phased out. I, Thank listen, you, God. A lot, of, a lot of crazy things happen. I think a lot of people either started contacting them more or really cut themselves off altogether. Because yeah. again, who would have thought? Yeah. Even all these years later, who would, I'm still like, wait, what happened? Yeah, it's still. We lived through that? Yeah. That well, is wild. Sadly, we might have to live through it again. Yeah. So let's God. cross our fingers. Fingers crossed. Mm. Also for you. Okay, so to, this is this is the self-serving part because my sister and I, again, obsessed with the Celebrity Apprentice and the yeah. Apprentice in general. For you, who were the craziest people and what was the craziest stuff that you did? Oh, 
I just remember, I mean, I loved Debbie Gibson. And I remember, like, she would sing all the time. So I think they didn't put this on camera, but and she would laugh at this now. But I think I, I remember yelling at her and going, you know what, Debbie Gibson? <laughs> you don't have to sing at everything. Singing isn't necessary right now. Like, I was just so mad at everything. And it's like, what are you really mad at? So, um, yeah, it was nuts. But it's, a, it's really a blur. Like, it's so insane. It, it felt, I hate the word traumatic when it doesn't really apply to a trauma, but it felt pretty traumatic. It yeah. was. It took me months to recover. I so I have a couple friends who, when yeah. they come back from whatever reality stuff they are shooting and doing, yeah, yeah. they're sort of unbearable for a short mm. amount of time because it seems like that is still the mode that they're in. That makes sense because I, after I retired, and also even the f- last few years when I knew I was gearing up to retire. I would notice at like a dinner or game night when I'd go into Lisa Lampanelli mode versus what my real last name is. Like my last name is spelled different because it's wacky yeah, Italian. It up, yeah, it's just terrible <laughs> because I had to change it so like America could pronounce my name. Um, but yeah, I'm like, oh, why was I in make fun mode? And why do you think say you that's were? pretty undignified. Well, I mean, even now I noticed like a year ago, I figure this is my twist of thinking when it's like a group of people the ones who could take the joke best must be the straight white men so i'm always hammering them and i'm like wait a minute the only straight white men you have over are really good people why are you like have that anger towards them why are you focused on them but i try to notice what's going on inside me that i want to kind of diffuse and kind of get the laugh and get that little fix i think it's just a drug and since I never was a drug or alcohol person, maybe that was my little drug, and I try not to do it now. I mean, I get it, though. When you make somebody laugh, it is a little bit of a high, and you're like, oh, I could do that more, though. Yeah. And I mean, I get that you want to stay away from insulting people, even though everybody loves that. Let's be honest. Yeah, you some. came in, and I'm like, roast me. Oh, Come no, on, no, no. <laughs> and I know you, you had one little zing about producer Andrew, loved it. And I was like, here she Well, is. he's a white man. That's he why. He, um, see, I had to get you, Andrew. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things that I think is like, really tough because you're coaching comedy now, yes right how do you find a place that is a safe place to have fun and and create comedy because it seems like there are so many groups who are, feel marginalized or are marginalized yeah, yeah. you cannot make fun of them mm-hmm. but they're okay with you making fun of other groups yes where's the safe spot well the way i think comedy really starts for everybody these days if you're watching any netflix special i think it's mostly about someone who has an incredibly interesting unique take on a subject say jacqueline novak with the fellatio stuff she has a huge special about that is she the on your knees yes on your knees yeah right i haven't watched it yet but i mean that's a unique take so that's great that's a unique, unique take on blowjobs i mean yeah her mind works different than everybody else's i've ever heard oh. so i'm like okay you either have to have a unique take on a subject that is common to people or you have to just talk of start the kernel starts with your life what is unique to you and it sounds so basic but i'm talking about unique not like uh like for instance it would be not enough for a 62 year old like me to go up and say both my parents are dead well pretty much most 62 year olds parents are dead what's deeper than that what's more unique than that um i bought the house that i grew up in good because of sentimental reasons okay not as you not as common but not unique what's underneath there uh the house is way beneath my means and every time people come over i have to give them an apology tour and tell them how rich i actually am so that's a unique thing to me and that would be a good subject for me to tell a story about but i think just for the average person to go what's interesting and unique about me is a nice little jumping off point okay I'm asking for a friend. No, yeah. I just, you know, it's, it's really tough even for us to navigate. What can we laugh at? What are we not allowed to laugh at? People will let you know really quickly. Apparently, you're not allowed to laugh at anything. Anything. Nothing. Everything's ageist. Even yourself. Wait, even e- yourself. No, you can't. Yeah. Everything's ageist. Uh-huh. So, yeah, these people just, you can't make fun of anything. You can't. And you can't just have a preference anymore either. You're not allowed to say, I actually prefer oranges to apples. You can't because way, you're somehow, racist against apples. You're an appleist. It's like, <laughs> how yeah. dare you? You're a fruitist. You you choose this orange over this apple. Yeah. How could you? I love apples. <laughs> like, this has nothing to fucking do with you. It has well, nothing like, to do with you. Stop inserting yourself. It's bizarre. And by the way, you'll never win. No one's ever winning. 
Mother Teresa would be called the C word today. If she's trying to tell lepers they're not good enough. Yeah. Like there's just, you cannot win. So you have to just go look in the mirror at the end of the night and be like, did I do my best? And if not, do better tomorrow. Oh my gosh. But we're never going to be perfect. No. Nobody ever works on anger or despair or some gossipy thing or whatever. And does it perfect? You're making me question everything about myself. I just think we're always doing the best we can. It doesn't mean it's going to be forever, but it helps us judge people less because the poor thing is just doing what they can. But we're just, it's like so hard, you know? It really is. Because also it keeps you in suffering. Like Buddha, wasn't it Buddha? It was like pain is um, inevitable, suffering is optional. Mm -hmm. So if I'm like, oh, my friend snubbed me and, you know... They didn't say hi, and I just don't think they were enthusiastic enough at my house. That might feel painful. Oh, I feel snubbed. I'm sad. The suffering comes in when I can't let it go, and I don't say they did the best they could. So I think it's just a lot of that. So why keep myself in suffering? No, you're right. I mean, and we talk about this all the time, too, to your point. You can't control anybody but yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't control the situation. You can't control what happens, but you can control how you react to it, yep. which is definitely something I try to work on. But every now and then, my reactions are like, shut the fuck up. Of course That's they are. my reaction. No, but I think the reaction's honest and earned because of our histories and our life experience. And then it's going, oh, I wonder why I did that. And literally, I go to this place in uh, Massachusetts called Kripalu. It's a meditation and yoga place and they have in workshop. massachusetts yeah in berkshire's the people alive well no it's in the berkshire's oh, okay. so they're they're happy there <laughs> okay. so their motto is and it always stuck with me notice without judgment because if we go why did i do that i'm so bad i'm so damaged why am i such an a-hole i hate myself then you're going to do it again go huh get curious why did i do that and then you let it go and I know you said you gave up the life coaching thing, but I oh, feel I'd like be you're, so do- good you're at doing it. it right now. I kind of, in my comedy class even, we do a lot of life lessons. Not They don't know it, but uh, I sneak a lot of that stuff in because I'm like, like what? notice, like I go, notice if you haven't raised your hand yet. You don't have to do anything about it, but notice if you don't ask a question ever. You might want to see if you could challenge yourself. Notice if you're the one who's always asking questions. Monitor that. But that's going to help them not be an a-hole to a booker and call them 50 times or, you know, Instagram, follow everybody and take it personally when Shane Gillis doesn't get back to you. Oh, my God. You know? So you're speaking my, you're speaking my <laughs> life right now. Shane Gillis, get back to me. Oh, he'll call you back. Come on, man. <laughs> I have never done so many things people assume I've done. You know? And I like just, what? you know, okay. I don't ask favors. I like really don't do fancy stuff. I drive into the city at least twice or three times a week for class or whatever. And I do start laughing going... I was something. I go look at that. I used to stay at that freaking peninsula. I used to do this. I do. And it cracks me up. It feels not like a loss. It feels like that was some cute stuff. Well, it's not a lot loss. You still are this person. Yeah, Your life yeah. has just changed to what you wanted to change it to. Well, and it didn't like, happen to you. It happened because of you. Well, you and I this. value what I value. I value very tiny things, like th- things that to people seem very small. I have a very small life. So has this affected your dating life, this new outlook, the new change? Oh, Do you I, care about it at all? Are you... No, are I you hit this? 50 and I we, we got divorced. No, well, I don't get divorced. We stayed really good friends. I introduced Jimmy to his new wife. Oh, wow. And I went to the wedding. Wow. There's nothing more fun than going to a wedding and not getting married. I oh, love yeah, weddings. I love weddings. And I, I never want to get married. I, I, me neither. Yeah. But I think I was able to take like a few years and go... Do I really want a relationship? And I'm like, wow, I don't have any desire. And I think the reason is because I had such codependency. I first little cute like grammar school boyfriend at 12 and almost didn't have any aloneness till I was 50. Oh, wow. So that's bad. That's usually codependent. I work on it a lot. I went to codependency rehab week at this rehab place in Pennsylvania to figure out like why I need somebody all the time. So luckily, that helped shake it loose. And the non-accountability to a single per to a singular per- person feels free right now. And she's like, then if it's supposed to happen, it will. So you're Doesn't saying matter. open relationship? Excuse me. Yeah. Oh I god, said so yeah. open relationship. Well, I think the problem is like I honestly think I'm so bad at dating and stuff. If I ever date again, like because I don't want to yet, but mm-hmm. say I hit seventy, and I'm like, you know what? Sure this will be cute well i'm gonna say to the person i suck at this i'm really bad at dating i don't know how to go slow i get super invested fast like what do you even do like how is lesbian speed 
Yeah, probably. Okay. Yes, yes. But you know what's crazy? Ever since I started like saying, you know, it might happen when I'm 70. It's for the first time in like seven years now. I'm like, that guy's cute, but it's always someone completely inappropriate. So at least I know there's still something going on in there. <laughs> you know, I'm like, no, you're too old for Zac Efron. Nope. You're too old for Jeremy Allen White. Nope. Have but you at least seen I... what Cher's up to these days? <laughs> no way. Ah, but that Cher. You can do what you want to do. I, I read a little article recently, and I wish I could cite it at this moment because I don't want to get something wrong, but... I believe that the happiest subset of people no, you're in the United right. States I know what you mean. are women, women who are dead. single. Yep. Over 55. Yes. Yes. I love that. And it's I'm the like, freedom. What did, what did you figure out that we don't know? That your Just parents... Take the dude, get rid well, of them? I think when you get your divorce or your husband dies, I always said, I used to say in my act, there's nothing better than the dead husband because <laughs> it proves you're cute enough to have attracted someone and roped them into marriage, but then you don't have to live with somebody. I love wandering from room to room of this house and going, oh my God, I could do whatever I want. Walk around naked, bubble, and, whatever. Oh, no, no, no. That's what I noticed this morning, too, because somebody brought up walking from the bathroom to their bedroom naked. I'm like, oh my God, I'm the only one in the house and I literally have to be clothed all the time. Just in case there's a fire, I will not be yeah, outside naked. Yeah, God forbid. That's why I have to tell when I'm dating, when I'm 70, I have to tell the guy, like, no nakedness in the house. No one needs to see Absolutely your ugly not. ass. I have that rule as well. No no complete nakedness, like, on the couch. Thank again, you. Buttholing furniture is not a good it. look. I just, you know. Well, we were raised so modest. Like, my parents were Italian. I know my mother was probably, I mean, super Catholic, freaked out about the idea of even sex. I was such a late bloomer. I don't think I made out till I was like 21 and that's it. Like made out. Excellent. And I mean, making out's the funnest stuff, in my opinion. For sure. Um, but yeah, I was a late bloomer at 21 and I sure made up for lost time. That, those stories <laughs> make me laugh too when I'm like, was that me? But I'm like, wait, I always had safe sex. I was always super responsible. I was never like nasty to anybody or whatever i have my little horror phase why not so now when you're hanging out with all these people that you said you know you're hanging out with younger people and you're watching them make these mistakes oh i get so mad know, do you just sit I get, there no, with it or do you no. say what are you doing i literally know who can take the hard questions so i have a friend bobby he's 32 i think mm -hmm. But him, he can handle hard questions. Like if I'll see him sort of hiding the grinder thing or not, you know, hinge or whatever they use these days, um, I'll be like, you don't have to hide that for me. I had my face too. It was a lot of fun. You're safe. Maybe just ask yourself why you're hiding that from one of your best friends. Sure. It's really interesting. So let's take it back to what we were talking oh, about yes. before. You're on The Celebrity Apprentice. Here comes Aubrey O'Day telling you I'm dating Donald oh God, Trump Jr. It. How do you handle that? He's married. You want to give her all of this advice. Were you like, bitch, run? What are you doing? Or were you like, okay, cool? I think at you. the time I was like so fascinated by the story. And I'm I was. Still, I still am, clearly. I am too. So. And I was exhausted. So I was like, okay, well, like, don't think that's what's going to keep you on the show. Right. I go, we still have to work hard. So I was still like a taskmaster, you know? Um, but I remember then. Trump Jr. at the time, like you always get assigned to like one of the sons or daughter to like mentor you. So uh -huh. mine was Jr. Oh. And I remember going out to dinner. Oh, my God. Him and his wife. And she was pregnant. And I was like, oh, my God, Ooh. you just have to get through this. And but I sort of thought Aubrey might go a little unhinged and come out with it, and she did. And when it was time, she was like, but, boom. But let me tell you something about dropped. Aubrey O'Day, and I'm not even kidding about this. Mm -hmm. There was no one other than Penn and Adam. Penn and Adam are like geniuses. Mm -hmm. They're just certified geniuses. She was smart as F. She was the smartest person on that show other than those two. So I don't love that people write her off like that right. and we're not friends or anything but like she was so smart and strategic and worked so hard in that show so i found it very sad that like she's reduced to her least um uh smart moment right and that's the thing too about it we always reduce someone to their most horrible moment oh god forbid people find out my most horrible moment uh, people worse. know <laughs> most of mine because i talk about them and stuff 
but I'm like, there's a lot of shame if somebody just writes you off for one thing. We say all the time, good people do bad things. It happens. And bad people can have moments where they do good things. It happens. Mm -hmm. You can't just paint everybody with this one brush, broad strokes, because we all have layers. So everybody's kind of okay until they're not. And then you assess if they're okay enough to stay in your life. I love you. And I'm glad you came in. But let's talk about your comedy class real quickly. Because oh, yeah. this is something cool that you're doing. You, a very seasoned comedian. You've done roasts on Comedy Central. You did. I did Radio City, Carnegie Hall. I mean, it was pretty All badass. Big stuff. Yeah, I, I got to say, there's nothing that I left undone. And now you are teaching other people how to potentially do the same thing. Right. Do you think you can teach funny? No. I think <laughs> you can. No, you can. <laughs> so I, I told there, you're them. like, let me just give you your money back right oh, now. No, I tell them right off. I go, if you're not funny, you can still be entertaining and be a storyteller, which there's really good storytelling things like The Moth and Risk. And so you have to have a, that it factor to be a star, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I can help you find your voice. You tell them this. Yeah. I you go, say, like, I don't think you're that I can't, funny. No, no, no. I, I mean, okay. I, I would never say to somebody, you're not funny. Okay. But I would say... I will. I can't teach anyone in this class to be funny, but I can help you find the voice you're supposed to be communicating in, and then you have to see where it goes and find your audience. Um, there's so many people who started off not that great as a stand-up, and they're hugely famous as you know Broadway people or as hosts of uh, or on SNL, writers for SNL. They make so much more money and have such a better career than a lot of stand-ups who are still ha- whoa, whoa, struggling. Whoa. So these writers have a there. good career. So if somebody ends up a writer, that sure ain't a bad thing. That's, have you seen any of your students flourish into something that you're like, oh shit? There's a couple in the one now. I teach one at this place called Music Theater of Connecticut in Norwalk. There's a couple there I got my eye on. Who knows what's going to come out when these people start being who they are. So if people want to sign up for your class, how would they do this? Oh, okay. So we're going to start a new one at Music Theater of Connecticut. So they should go to that site and look for it. And I'm doing a new one in a one-day workshop on March 30th about how to kind of find your funny voice and compressing a six-week class into one day. It won't be horrendously long. It'll be like 11 to 2 and then a little break and then till 5. Um, they go to Playhouse on Park this website and honestly like it's limited to 25 people um, we got way too many people last class and we had to turn people away mm-hmm. but it's kind of fun it's like kind of fun to just go wow this is a nice stage of life I'm in I see you at your class Lisa yeah, you might have to take it there's nothing like learning I never knew this in my life so retirement is pretty great I mean now it is okay. yeah yeah it's, you, it's been, you got there yes I, yeah, we're getting there and okay. uh, slowly but surely I'm sure I'll have a meltdown someday but uh for now it's like on the right track thank God I love it Yay. I'm really proud of you Aww. and everything that you've accomplished yeah I think you're amazing thank you for oh you're time so with sweet me. to reach out this was really fun I'm glad you came in to do it of course I was like there's no way she's like, oh shit she said oh, yes. oh she said yes now I gotta amazing. have her yeah <laughs> no I'm glad you did though so thank you I really Aww. appreciate it time is time is important so Yay. thanks for giving me some of yours I love you oh and by the way yes um everyone should follow me on just Instagram yes. I hate Facebook I don't do it I never have <laughs> um Lisa Lampanelli. If you can't spell it, you don't uh, deserve to follow me. No, but so all the comedy class stuff will be linked there. Oh, perfect. And we will, when we post this, we're going to make sure that all of that information oh, is Oh, thank you. Well. Of course. Yay. You're the best. Thanks. Love you. Lisa Lampanelli on Instagram. And we'll make sure that you get all of her websites to go and sign up for her comedy class. Yes. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you, Mama. Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls 
offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. All right, so Lisa Lampanelli, did you have a good time, Andrew? I love Lisa Lampanelli. I do too. I, I did not know much about her other than that she used to just be called the Queen of Mean and just was known for her roasts. But to see her growth as a person, it is such an incredible journey and she is so inspiring. Wow. I'm telling you, you should be a hype man. Just walk around saying nice things about people because okay. that was a lot. Yeah, no, I was I'm... really just looking for it. Yes, I liked it. That was all. <laughs> no, I just. And now I... we have a five page book review. I'm sorry. I just really loved that interview so much. You guys have such great chemistry. Oh, that's nice. I think we should convince her to do a podcast with us. I completely agree. Like her own podcast, not with just the two of us, you know, like her own thing. Yeah. Like uh, Lisa Lampanelli says she's sorry. Oh. Like that would be funny. And then she could just go over roasts or just like dissect pop culture moments. I see. Here's the thing. I loved her as an insult comic, as the queen of mean. I thought she was so freaking funny. I know we already talked about it, but whenever she would come in, I would just wait for it. Like, yeah, what's she going to do? Yeah. I don't want her to be sorry about anything. I want her to just like balls to the wall. Whatever she says and does, you mean she says whatever she wants to say. True. I'm a fan. I'm yeah. a fan. But let's move on to things we are not fans of. Done. Shall we do the burn book? <laughs> Why don't we become the roast comics now? <laughs> For the burn book, I ask you, Andrew, because you've had quite a week or two. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you would want to put into the burn book? I don't want to burn people every time. I'm happy to have others do the burning. Uh, in the burn book this week, I am going after people who have their read receipts on. I don't <laughs> understand it. I am confused by it. I think it's the weirdest move you could make. Like, why are you sitting at your phone and then pressing send and then looking for the acknowledgement, see when it's read and timestamped and being like, that's a normal, non-psychotic move. That is extremely psychotic. No, it's I love it. You know I love it. I wield it. Because you're petty about it. <laughs> you, you turn it on for your own reasons and you know exactly what they are. I turn it on so that people know, yes, I read it. And also, no, I'll not be responding to this. I think it's an important message. Sometimes silence is the loudest thing you could slap somebody with. Don't ever wonder, did she or did she not? I don't want people to doubt it. I need you to know. I did, in fact, see it, and I will not be acknowledging this. Read receipts are psychotic behavior. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Not. What you're doing is like a next level, like a mind hunter type thing. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm that's psyche. I don't know, but you know, I, it certainly I, is not. It's called being direct without being direct. See, I think people who hide behind just the regular old delivered are kind of chicken. You chicken. Well, <laughs> I don't think it's chicken. It's just I. Like, what is causing that in you to look at every text message, see when it's read, and then obsess over it? Because it's obsessing. Well, I don't obsess about other people when they read it. No, I know, because your receipts <laughs> aren't on for everyone. It's on for a very select few people who yes. you want to make the point. Yes. I'm saying if you have them on for everyone, that's crazy. Well, you know, when they first came out, you had to have them on for everybody or nobody. Yeah. I had them on for everybody. I didn't give a shit. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, it explains so much. <laughs> Let me ask you this, though. Why do you get so upset at people who have it on? I just don't. What is what's upsetting to you about that? I just don't see the point. I just don't see. I'm any... telling you the point. <laughs> no, there is no point to it. It's literally looking at it and saying to yourself, oh, it was red. Hmm. Right. Guess they hate me. Exactly. That's and then crazy. somebody spirals on the other side and you're like, yes, yes. Again, I go back to you being on Mindhunter. <laughs> Listen, you know the few people that I've done it to, one specifically, and it was warranted. And you know that. <laughs> I don't disagree with you on that. And again, that's petty manipulation, but I also love it. However. You only say manipulation because I'm a woman. If I was a man, you would call me strategic. Okay. Then you're a strategic mastermind. Again, Mindhunter. That's the serial killer show, by Whatever. the way, for people who don't know it. <laughs> So you'll never, ever put your read receipts on. Ever. 
There's not a day in my life you will ever catch me with a read receipt on. Okay, but don't you have people who want you to acknowledge something that's just not even really like acknowledgeable? And then you think, I think in your head, man, if I had my read receipt on, they would know. Yes, I did see it. No. Period. That's like crazy to me. You just want to leave people in limbo? Yeah. That's crazy. No. What's crazy <laughs> is like reading it, not responding to it, and then sitting there like, haha, yes. Like, <laughs> I don't think you move on. And then that person has no doubt. I have no doubt. Everything was communicated without actually having to say words. Whereas if it's just a delivered, people are going to wonder, did Andrew see my text? And they're going to ask you about it. I just cut out, you know, cut out all that doubt. You like to live in limbo. That's crazy. Honestly, if like it's that wild of a text, I will just call you. Okay. I am that person. I'm sorry. I sometimes texting to me is like, this is BS. Let me just call. See, you're, you're like the uh, reality TV, like, hey, let's, I need to pull you aside. Can we can we have a side chat? What On is my it? speakerphone? Hey, I want to have a private conversation. Yeah. <laughs> speakerphone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, call this motherfucker. Sometimes I just look at things and I'm like, ew, no. And yeah. I scoot out of the room with the read receipt on. <laughs> we'll not be doing this today. So read receipt people, you are in my burn book this week. Burned. I just, yeah, I don't, Flamed. I don't get it. <laughs> I just don't get it. Fine. Good for you, but I'm gonna it's turn weird. my read receipts on on yours right now. <laughs> Honestly, I would not be surprised. <laughs> and I, you'll track me too because you're I my do location. Track you. What are you talking about? We both have each other's locations. Yes, that's, I feel like that's, that's in another burn book. <sighs> Please, I think sharing locations is a step, a step up. It's like leveling up in your friendship. I don't. I disagree. trust you so much that I don't care if you know where I am. Twenty four seven, you may have this information. I truly don't go anywhere fun, so it's literally... (laughs) I know, I'd be checking. (laughs) I'm like, oh, there he is again, by the taco joint. (laughs) That's where I live, too. (laughs) Well, I wasn't going to tell everybody that, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Hmm. All right, let's move on. Ask me anything. Got anything good over there? Got any any games? (laughs) Uh, Let's see, let's see. All right, so this may go in a burn book. It may not go in a burn book. (laughs) Okay. Jen.Abe87 asks, what was Maddie Siegel really like to work with? Is he as much of an a-hole as he seems? Wow. This maybe this should be like a completely separate thing. But I will say this. I think most people's impression of what Maddie was, who Maddie was, is probably very accurate. I think that he and I, when I came into that situation, so by the way, Maddie in the Morning is the former morning show host of a station in Boston, uh, Kiss 108. He had a show called Maddie in the Morning. I was his executive producer. They recruited me to go there. So I got recruited from a place where I used to be an intern and I was so excited and I thought, they're going to love me. Oh my God, they recruited me. And I got there and nobody liked me. Shock. Because <laughs> <laughs> hey, you had reader seats you're on. You're laughing too hard. <laughs> so... It was a really interesting transition because where I was before, like I said, I was an intern, so I kind of grew up with them and everybody was very supportive, very Midwest. And then you go to Boston and you're not a little intern anymore. They didn't watch you grow up in their heads. You came and just took two people's jobs. Fuck you. And also you're brown. Not great in Boston. (laughs) (laughs) However, Maddie was the one who recruited me to go. I still have a little post-it note from him that he stuck on our boss's desk and he said, get me the producer from Ohio. And I love it. And I laminated it and I kept it. When I got there, we did not hit it off. That is saying the least. We didn't. After a while, we had a fantastic relationship. And there were times where he would say, you're one of my best friends. And we would talk every day and things were wonderful. And he is, he can be tough. The way they described it to me when I started is he's competitive, which Hmm. is an interesting way, by the way, keep that in mind when you're working with people. If they call somebody competitive, Hmm. that could be a lot of things. Could be a red Um, flag. (laughs) (laughs) He's competitive and he was. He wanted the best and he wanted to do the best and he wanted the people around him to be the best. I will always say Boston is where I feel like I grew up to whatever extent you would say that I'm growing up right now. I was a kid when I was in Ohio. I grew up in Boston because I had to. And we had a wonderful relationship and things were great. I do understand and I hear and I acknowledge anything that people have to say about him. That's probably what their experience with him was. I say this all the time. If somebody tells you I'm a bitch, believe them. If somebody tells you I'm the nicest person, believe them. Because I'm not the same with everybody that I encounter. Some people just rein it in a little better than others. (laughs) So whatever you've heard about him, probably true. I think he's one of the best interviewers I've ever met in my entire life. He was amazing at it. Upon getting the job offer here, 
things change drastically. (laughs) (laughs) And anybody who is listening to this, who was listening when I was in Boston as I was leaving, probably heard the downward spiral (laughs) of what went on. I can laugh about it now. I was very traumatized at the time. Um, You know, he was mad. He didn't want me to go. And he made it very clear that that's how he felt. So... We had a very roller coaster like relationship. I will always have very, very deep respect for him. I liked learning from him. I think a lot of people could do that. And I think he's a very one of a kind type person. You're not going to encounter that ever again. And I'm thankful for my time that I spent there. As far as like, is he who people think he is? Sure. If you've had that experience with him, yes, he's that person. If you've had a great one, he's great. If you had a bad one, he's bad. That's how it is. And I think that's how it is for all of us, right? Mm-hmm. Andrew apparently thinks I'm a psychopath. It's I accept the read it. Receipts. It is the read receipts. <laughs> it's the tracking of my location and the read receipts. <laughs> it's because I love you. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to get a call in the middle of the night on my little thing that shows the picture and just see you like standing outside. To it. Yeah. Got any games? <laughs> <laughs> if you ever did that, I would crack up, to be honest with you. <laughs> Don't want to pass me. You live like two blocks down the street from me. And sometimes people get drunk at night. Mm, done. All right. And that's it. What do you think? I I will say this. Okay. So I love Lisa. She was amazing. Yeah. I am super excited about the next guest. Yeah. Your guests have all been super interesting. I feel like <laughs> the way that we're booking the guests too, it's like there's a lot of fun stuff coming down and I feel like you're kind of finding your own in the show. It's really cool to see. Thanks. I appreciate that. So I will give a tease as to who the next guest is. His name is Mark. You may know him as Squirrel Daddy or the owner of Peanut the Squirrel. He rescued a baby squirrel. I started following him because it was the cutest thing ever. And then his pants started getting tighter and tighter. And weird things started happening. And we will address that in the next episode. But thank you for listening. Do the thing, Andrew. What are they supposed to do? Follow Gandhi at Baby Hot Sauce. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, review this podcast. Your reviews have been so phenomenal. We've awesome. been reading them. Gandhi doesn't want to read some of them on air because they're all five stars. So... <laughs> I think this. that's like dick sucking. Yeah. I don't want to suck my own dick. Like, I love that people are being so nice and I am reading them. Thank you. Also, don't take this as like incentive to go leave a shitty review because I won't read those either. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, leave a review if you feel inclined. Like, subscribe, and we will see you next week. Yeah, sauce on the side. Woo-hoo. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.